Deplorable Nation, a podcast where your voices can be heard, where things that affect you and your family are important, because it's important to all of us. Every one of us matters, and everybody has a voice. We're going to be bringing you news, current events, and throw in a lot of humor, and then you decide for yourself. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Deplorable Nation. It's episode number 51, Germ Terrain Part 2 with my good friend Shannon. And as always, I'm your host, Deplorable Janet. So, Miss Shannon, welcome back. How are you, love? I am fantastic. Thank you so much for having me back. So excited to be here. I'm excited about this because we had a really, really good show um, last week, and I was like, it's a perfect time to continue the conversation and get a little deeper into some topics that maybe we didn't touch on enough. So tonight should be very exciting. I'm I'm tickled pink about this. I am super excited too, because we're going to go a little bit more quantum, I think, on this one. And that's where I start to really vibe kind of high. Um, that's really where I like to stay in my lane and resonate. So um, a lot of energy talk, a lot of quantum physics. This is going to be really good. You may lose me on the quantum physics part. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, it's funny. I um, was not a science nerd in high school at all. I shied away from it. I did terrible. I got bad grades. And for some reason, it wasn't until I really came into the natural health world that I started to get really interested in it because Mm -hmm. it really helped me understand how the world worked. And it really started with my love for essential oils. Honestly, I took a chemistry class and I thought, oh, Lord, I'm going to fail this because I never did very well in <laughs> science. I was always, um, you know, very high uh, graded, grading student, but I, I just could not seem to hack it in science. And chemistry really terrified me. But when it came to essential oils and their healing properties and looking at the constituents and the construction of all of the, um, the molecules... Mm-hmm. It for some reason it just became really clear to me, and so I would say I'm definitely more in the science realm now than I ever was before. But quantum for me, um, it's not super sciency; it's more functional. Um, you know, I can apply it to how life works and and help other people understand it at you know a little bit more of a basic level. Well, so. that's good. I'm glad we're not going to have to send um, an ambulance to my house with CPR <laughs> trucks to resuscitate <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> yep. There won't be any comas that, that take place tonight, I promise. <laughs> I, get, I get what you're saying about chemistry because I had to take, unfortunately, a lot of chemistry classes. Yes. And oh, wow. Um, some of it was pretty easy and some of it was not. I was never a science fan, mm-hmm. but now I can honestly say I'm a science nerd. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It really applies to our world today, especially with, 
you know, what, what everyone's pushing, um, these days, the little jab, um, there's a lot of science in that. And I just watched a video recently with Judy Mikovits in it and she made my head swirl with, I love all her. Of the, I, I adore her and everybody needs to like follow her and find her. <laughs> Cause exactly. I just saw this video that, um, it, it just blew the lid off of so many things, but she's very, she speaks science I don't speak that. <laughs> and sometimes I'm watching it going, huh? No. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I understand it. And I think so do you. Like you can understand it when people are explaining it. But if I regurgitate it, it's not going to be the same way. I have a very unique way of describing things because I do too. Yeah. I think um, growing up, I, I probably had somewhat of a learning disorder, but nobody would have known it because. I was always a straight A student, super smart girl, but honestly, I felt like I had to work so hard for it. I was um, a slow learner when it came to tying my shoes, something very simple like that. Mm -hmm. I could barely tell time. I mean, it took me so long to figure out how to tell time on a clock with two hands Um, and just little things like that. And I don't conventionally get to the answer the same way other people do. My brain kind of goes through the side window, up the attic, down through the chimney, and then out the basement window. And then I'm, and then I can get to the same answer as everyone else. I just take such a weird and unique path to get around it. But I, I have an ability to help other people understand things when I kind of bring it down to basics. So me too. And that's, and that's the thing because you, especially talking about health stuff, you can get so in the weeds with trying to make your point and explain things and you lose so many people when you explain things above their head. And so Mm -hmm. if you can, you know, always remember to put it on a level um, and even making references to things that people can understand, it's so much better that way. And then people are like, oh, well, I get it now things I yeah. didn't understand before. Now, like now I know what you're talking about. Absolutely. And you know, I've, I've started natural health when my son was born, because like I said, in the last um, show that he was born with a medical condition. And w- as I was studying it, I was basically describing it to my kids. So I actually had to bring it down to their level. And, and honestly, I think they understood it when they were really little, they understood it better than I did. And even mm-hmm. hearing how they processed it, helped me understand it at an even deeper level because they get it in such a simple way, yet it's so deep at the same time. So it's pretty cool. Right. Right. And see, that was one of my favorite things because um, like one of my very favorite things to do when I was a nurse was pediatrics. Yeah. And so, you know, like I loved being able to like get down on their level, like I'd sit on the floor or whatever, and we'd play a game or whatever to explain things and make them feel comfortable if we had to do like something terrible, like a big ass penicillin shot in their butt cheek. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Things that are the worst. Yeah. So, oh, I had to talk my son through quite a few of things, quite a few of those types of things. And I'll never forget. We were in the hospital one time. He had some unknown thing. Of course, they they didn't know the whole time we were in the hospital. They had no idea. Five days in the hospital. Yeah. And this gal was coming into his room at one point and she had another woman with her. And she turned to me and she said she introduced this woman to me. And she said, she's going to help him understand what's about to happen to him. And I just looked at her and I go, I already did. And she said, what? And I go, yeah, 
because he he was going to have to have an enema and he was probably five, five years old. And um, so I I literally just described exactly in just kid terms, you know, they're going to stick this bottle up your butt. It's not going to feel good, dude. It's going to suck. You know, and I I just never lied to him. And and they just kind of looked at me funny. And I was like, no, he's good. I said, I have never lied to him. I have to help him wrap his brain around what's about to happen. So that he doesn't have a worse reaction and then doesn't suffer PTSD as a result of it. And we always got through everything that way. When I just told him before what was about to happen, he was great. Right. And I think that's so important and you have to do that and you can't lie to patients and you like ever. Mm -hmm. And you can't be like, oh, no, it's not going to hurt. Not at all. It's not going to hurt. We're going to jam this rod up your pee hole of your wiener Mm -hmm. but no it's not gonna hurt at all yeah it is dude like it's gonna hurt a hell of a lot you know what i'm saying yeah and they can feel your energy i mean you know kind of segueing into the topic here people can feel your energy whether they realize it or not if you're saying something and you're not being genuine or you're trying to sugarcoat it too much they can read that so well and then they Mm -hmm. instantly don't trust you they trust the people that are going to shoot straight with them so that's so important when you have a good energy and when you really have the patient as number one because you know that's what they all say in allopathic medicine is patients are number one and if that's true and patient is number one in your heart you're going to explain it as you would somebody you loved and cared for, just like a family, good friend exactly. or neighbor. That's exactly how you would tell them. Absolutely. And that's 100% true because like even when I was teaching, I always put out a scenario to my students like, <clears throat> you know, they'd be like, oh, hell no, not doing all that. Mm-mm. And I said, okay, now imagine if it was your child. Um, or your mom or your grandmom and you were in the room with her and you had some nurse with an attitude come in or some doctor with an attitude come in that was just negative and hateful mm-hmm. and whatever. I'm like, what would your reaction be? I'm like, you've got to put yourself in the same situation so you can't be on your cell phone. You can't be talking negative. You can't have a crappy look on your face, which a lot of healthcare providers like really need to work on the facial expressions, um, especially when you smell something terrible. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Well, and the masks only helped them with that. (laughs) It helped them hide their face. (laughs) And, and. There are definitely a lot of things that you smell that you never want to smell again. Just going to throw that out there. Yeah. And it's the thing is that when, when somebody's undergoing something, they look to you for guidance. Um, They'll look at your uh, facial expression. They'll look at your mouth. They'll look at your eyes. Mm -hmm. And if they can read you in a bad way, it is not going to be pleasant. Oh, absolutely. And they say like 90% is nonverbal communication because we are, we are supposed to have relationship and we read facial cues from each other and we do it instinctively. I don't think people are consciously registering that they're doing it, but they do. And then that energy vibes with it and the two together will either make or break the situation quite honestly. That's a hundred percent true. And you know, that what you said is so important. Like your positive energy is what's going to have you form your bond, not only with your patient, but your patient's family members. 
So um, there is a book that I think we talked about. I can't remember. I always I always tell people about it. It's one of my favorite things, but it's called The Hidden Messages in Water. And it's by a Japanese scientist named Masaru Emoto. And he actually took vials of water or jars of water and he taped positive words or somehow affixed the positive words on one set of jars, like peace, joy, love, happiness. And then he took another set and um, on the flip side, put negative words with negative connotations on those jars. Then he froze those jars. And when he looked at the crystalline figures under the microscope after they were frozen, what he discovered was that the, the jars that had all of the happy and positive words on it, they the water molecules froze in the form of beautiful snowflake-looking uh, structures, and they mm-hmm. were soft and rounded and symmetrical and beautiful, kind of like the, um, oh, what do they call it? Like the, the golden, um, help me out here. It's um, basically, it's just, it, it's not asymmetrical at all. It's perfectly symmetrical perfectly shaped and and very pleasing to the eye. And the negative messages, the molecule, the water molecules were frozen in asymmetrical patterns that looked like lightning bolts and they were jagged and rough around the edges and just not attractive or pleasing to look at. So what he basically proved in his experiment was water responds to positive messaging and negative messaging, respectively. So, if it if you believe this science this science experiment that he did, then it would stand to reason that um, you know, like we talked last time, when you're talking to your plants, when you're talking to animals or other living beings, especially humans, if we are seventy five or eighty percent water, then we also respond differently to positive and negative messaging. And so that's kind of the foundation of all of this is. Positive mm-hmm. vibration really it, it, it ascends. It brings um, it brings people higher. Um, disease actually cannot set in a body that is vibing with a high vibrational power. And right. um, you know, negative thoughts are the number one toxin producers in our body. So if we can't clean up the way we think or the way that we speak then we're, we're causing ourselves to be in a constant state of flux, energetically speaking. And I mean, we, we even need to look at it to the level of, I know I'm going to upset a lot of people in saying this, but the words that we say are so powerful that swear words have a certain vibrational energy. And it's not that I don't swear. I mean, I do. Um, some days are better than others. But when I really am focusing on positivity or the positive messaging, uh, I don't. I really try not to because any kind of negative word that you speak can pull that down a little bit. And it doesn't mean that you're a bad person or that, you know, but it's when you're constantly having it pulled down from words you say while other words are trying to pull it back up, you're causing yourself to be a little bit out of balance. So the more that we think at that, and that, and that's quantum level, honestly, when you pay attention to the fine detail of, of how you speak, what you're saying, and even that um, tone behind it, that can truly um, make or break a person. Um, just by just by what you're talking, like what you're saying, and, and whether it's positive or not. That's why we're meant to be in relationship with one another as human beings. And I don't know if you've ever experienced this. I'm sure you have. But I respond so much better when somebody is welcoming and loving and they empower me, they in, they edify me, they build me up, and they support me 
more mm-hmm. so than if somebody's like, I don't have time for you, get out of my face or constant criticism and, right. you know, and critiquing and stuff like that, where we start to get that in our heads. And then that becomes our self-talk. Um, and, and we start even making fun of ourselves, even in jest. And I'll tell you, that's something I only very recently quit doing. And because I learned the severity of what that was doing to me as a person, the second that I realized that I was doing that, and I was saying things like, oh, I don't have any friends. And and that's just bullshit. Like I do. I mean, I, I know a lot of people. I'm an extrovert. You know, I am, my energy is very contagious to people. So me saying that was putting myself down and quite frankly, creating a block for me to be able to receive anything that I was wishing to receive as in terms of law of abundance and attraction stuff. And um, so I, I just quit talking to my talk, talking about myself in that way. I don't call myself names anymore. And, you know, it's really not, I hate that we do this to people because it's not a matter of ego or being arrogant when we say I'm pretty freaking awesome. Um, like I'm a good friend. I'm a loyal friend. And those are true things about me. Um, I'm hilarious and I probably should let other people tell me that, but honestly, I think I'm hilarious. So that's, (laughs) (laughs) that's all that matters on the back. Right. (laughs) Um, and so when we say things like that about ourselves, it's not arrogance. It's, it's really like healthy, positive speak, but you know, it's when people go, Oh, I'm such an idiot. And I typically say cancel clear just because I, I want to cancel out the vibration of what I just created with my mouth because what we create or what we speak actually creates substance. And there's plenty of examples of that. But um, this, this particular thing is something I've only just recently experienced. And I cannot even tell you how much I have learned or gained or improved or ascended, if I dare say that word, um, spiritually speaking, ever since I figured that out, it is key that we need to start treating ourselves a little bit better. I have a question for you. What was the name of that book again? The Hidden Messages in Water. That's so interesting because uh, what's the percentage of water in the body? Isn't it like 97%? Uh, No, it's more like 75 to 80%, but there's varying percentages um, because we're still made up of muscle and bone and tissue and stuff like that. That makes up about 15% to 20% of our body, but the majority of our body is water and um, we're a conductor. So we talked a little bit last time about the salt in the body because, you know, Mm -hmm, our tears are salt water and we sweat salt water. There's a lot of salt in the body and that is all part of us being conductors, again, of energy. We conduct energy. Um, I have my license in massage therapy as well. And that, I'll tell you what, I... Um, I, I knew I loved you for a specific <laughs> reason. <laughs> oh, man. I And I have, um, I do a technique called raindrop with uh, with the essential oils. Oh, you, yes. You, yes. Have you heard of it? <laughs> yes. Uh, yep. Um, and vibrational raindrop with tuning forks. Because when you get vibration and sound mixed in with the vibration of the oils, which... They're measured on a light spectrometer, so they're essentially liquid light. And again, that's all vibration and all of that. So everything is vibration, everything. And essential oils actually lift our vibration up. 
And um, I, I hate to repeat myself, but for the sake of our conversation tonight, it really applies again that a healthy person operates between a 62 to a 68 megahertz. And if you're even holding a cup of coffee, which I love coffee, but if I'm even holding it or smelling that coffee, it starts to bring my vibration down a little bit. So um, that's why I use essential oils every single day because they lift my frequency higher. Now, every organ in your body vibrates at a specific frequency that that is, um, well, very specific to that particular organ. So, um, and I'm looking at this little tuning fork I have on my desk right now, it's actually tuned to the pineal gland. And I every now and then, because uh, you can overdo it, um, you can go a little too far with it. But so I only do it every now and then, like not every day, but I'll do it once, maybe twice. But I'll smack mm-hmm. that tuning fork on the little hockey puck thing that they give you. And I don't know the technical terms for it, but, and I just kind of hold sound up to um, like right above my forehead so that it can really just balance out. But it basically decalcifies your pineal gland when you, when you're basically inserting the vibration of the pineal gland back in. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that they're using right now in our world to dumb us down and make us like cattle. They're calcifying our pineal glands with the uh, blue light from the phones and the TV programming and all of the uh, malarkey that they're feeding us, basically, that is calcified in the diet, quite frankly, that we're eating. They're calcifying our pineal gland and doing that. So whatever we can do, um, whether it, it, and and really it's feeding it with, with vibration. Mm -hmm. And there is a device that I have that you hook it up to your wrists. You have to get them wet um, so that it conducts the, the current, but there's different programs. And what's really cool is you get on your phone and you connect that program and it, it sends a specific sequence of vibrations into your body that addresses whatever issues you have. So if you have a hormonal issue or if you have headaches, um, I would love to try it on you, Janet, for migraines, um, just to see if it does. Awesome. Yeah. Just to see if it doesn't address some of that, because, um, Albert Einstein is credited for saying that frequencies are the medicines of the future. Well, you know, they're also the, the medicines of the past. If you look at essential oils, because those were biblical medicines, that's, that's all over the Bible. There's thousands of ver- verses and scriptures that talk about the essential oils that they used. That's how baby Jesus was kept healthy with frankincense and myrrh. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, myrrh has a lot of other properties to it. They used it as an embalming fluid. They used it to, um, the pregnant women used it to reduce stretch marks. Uh, you know, so they, that's what they used back then. And why does it work? It's because it's plant energy. Um, right. That's exactly so. The so when photosynthesis happens to that plant, and they're they're drawing energy and vitamins and food from the sun, as we do too, because we're living beings, um, just like a plant is. That that basically translates into the lifeblood of the plant. And so when they take those crops and they distill it, they're extracting the plant's blood. Basically, that's really what it is. And so when they put that in the bottle, we can then use it to heal. And I know the FDA doesn't like me to say that, but, um, you know, I I've actually experienced it with people that I've helped when I've done a protocol of essential oils, they've healed, they've, they've gotten better and they, and it wasn't because they were using pharmaceuticals. An interesting thing to note is that the root word of pharmacia is witchcraft and witchcraft means control. So essentially what pharmaceuticals do 
is it controls the body. And and you know that. I mean, they give right. you a certain pill to do a to make the body perform or react in a certain way. It doesn't right. mean that they've cured anything. They they just threw a band-aid on the symptom they're addressing, but then other ones keep popping up that they just would, keep attacking. I was gonna control. say they gave you a pill to <clears throat> quote treat a symptom which caused more symptoms in another organ. Yep. In yeah. fact, a, a friend of mine from high school, I was just recently catching up with her. She's on her second liver transplant. And um, mm-hmm. as I was, I was kind of doing a health coach consultation with her and she said, well, I have to drink a lot of water because the medications that I have to take for the transplant Dry have mouth. put me in early stage renal failure. And I'm like, yep. good Lord. I mean, the poor thing is, you know, trying to survive on her second liver because she's got a very specific disease that she needed a second transplant. And now the medications are starting to kill her kidneys. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I mean, my heart just broke for her situation. That's got to suck so bad. Um, and, you know, there's times where I just want to get my hands on people like that and really just try things that are natural to see if they don't perform better. Right. But essential oils are exactly that. They have this vibration to them and that is how they work. So there's there are certain essential oils that I will apply as well that decalcify the pineal. And so I try to keep the pineal especially fresh, <laughs> as I <Right>. say, <laughs> because that's our spirituality. That's our antenna to the divine. And that's how we connect with um, whatever your spiritual nature is. I do believe in God and that is how I connect with God. So if they're trying to remove that. Think about what they're doing with the vaccinations and all of that. They're causing that to calcify and they're dumbing it down. So you cannot, A, think for yourself, B, connect spiritually to anything, and then finally, C, ascend. And they want to keep us low vibrating. Right. The best and way. You know, you know, another thing real quick um, that has been a cause for concern is the new age thermometers that do the frontal lobe scan, basically. Oh, yes. Yeah, because that is exactly where that gland is located. <clears throat> and if you if you think about it, shooting a laser directly at that to, quote, read your temperature, that's an issue. That's a, that's a, a good very catch. big issue. I did not think about that. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And that's and what so, they were, I mean, that just kind of blew up because they were te- checking temperatures everywhere. Everywhere, even at restaurants. Like we went to one place, uh, like not too long after they shut shit down. And it was like, mm-hmm. uh, you can't come in until we take your temperature. And I'm like, you don't need to take my temperature because I can take my temperature just fine myself. And I don't mm-hmm. have one. I run right. under temperature. I run mm-hmm. under normal. I always have. Um, yep. So does so does Greg. So does my daughter. And it's one of those things where I was like, um, nope, thanks. We'll leave. You're not going to do that to me. I'm, I'm to come in your door. I'm sorry. Well, and my husband is a police officer, and they he was taking a transient to jail one day, and um, this was right at the start of COVID, and they didn't they didn't clear the thermometer, that, and they had the gun kind that they just aim it at your forehead. It's not the one where they trace right. it around one side, right? And they didn't clear it properly from when they took the temperature of the transient in front of him who was 102 at the time. And so he was right in line behind him because they were, you know, checking their temps on the way into the jail. 
Well, he got strapped with the same temperature that the, the guy in front of him had. And so they they made him go and take a COVID test, which I really, I'm anti-COVID tests too. Yeah. Those PCR tests are yeah. crap. And um, right. the, the stuff that they're jamming up your nose, I just don't even trust. I don't, I don't trust that they weren't pre-tainted. And that right. poor guy had to have so many tests because that was, it's, you know, he's working for the city. So any, any slight glimmer of a temperature or anything, especially in the beginning, they were like, Oh, you got to go to the ED and have, you know, and have a test taken. Well, I made him come home that day and I threw a whole bunch of vitamins and all sorts of stuff at him. I'm like, this is your daily routine from now on. Cause this isn't going to happen to you again. <laughs> then they found right. out that it was just that they didn't clear the thermometer properly. <laughs> Well, and that's the thing because like my husband has to get tested literally every single week, oh. every week. And he will continue to have to get tested every single week until he gets vaccinated. And he's like, nope. Oh man. We're and you not, know, not going to do it. They, I'm so irritated with that because they have figured out how to make it. So like, this is still, um, an experimental drug. So if you right. haven't gotten it, they can't really ask you if you have, and they can't force you to take it. But right. if you haven't, they're going to make you wear a mask for the rest of your life. And it's like, well, okay, but you can't ask me, you dodos. So, right. um, but that's what they're doing to people. It's almost like they're punishing them until they give in and say, here's my card. Here's my card. You know, show me your papers. You know, it, it's, mm -hmm. it's getting, they're controlling it in a roundabout way. And it's such a HIPAA violation. Oh my God. Even it is like, there's so many violations yep. going on there. They're making people this year um, where I work, they're making them put this little check mark sticker on their badge yes. to indicate that they got the flu shot. Yep. And I yes. actually religious exemption on it. And um, then they were sending out spreadsheets um, of who claimed religious exemptions and all sorts of stuff. And I went to the head of HR and I said, I'm sorry, this is a HIPAA violation. Um, you, right. I don't want people knowing this. I actually had people call me and say, what did you do to file that? Cause you know, they were asking about themselves and I said, how did, how did you even know? And that's when I found out they had shared that spreadsheet out everywhere. But I was I just going to say they violated your privacy rights yep. Yep. in they such did. a big way. You would have a hell of a lawsuit against mm -hmm. them. And I, I, I went straight to the HR head, the VP, and I said, you know, this just opens me up to taking discrimination. And it was like, well, did somebody discriminate against you? And I said, well, not outright, but I said the comments that they're making, you know, the anti-vaccination comments are that, oh, the people that won't get the flu shot. And the irony is that most of the people on their naughty list that didn't get the flu shot and didn't claim religious exemption, they were providers. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the little ditties that I just recently isn't, found out. I was going to say, isn't that ironic? Yep. They're pushing that everybody else should get it, but they either have the antidote or they damn well know what they're doing and they're exempting themselves from it. I think right. the majority of people don't, providers don't really know, but, um, but it doesn't mean that they don't have the antidote or no, know the answer. Um, right. I would like to have somebody dig into that a little bit, but <laughs> I'm well, I'm not interested and, that much. <laughs> and the funny thing is that there are so many employers now that are basically bribing their employees to get them. And it's oh, like, yeah. if you if you do this, you know, I think we talked about it a little bit last time and it's Publix grocery store. Hello, putting you on blast, jackasses. Sorry, I cussed. <laughs> 
<laughs> but it's worthy of it. Um, <laughs> like they, they told their, they posted in the break room and said that, uh, that anybody who gets vaccinated will get a gift card. Anybody that's not vaccinated has to wear a mask forever. And let me t- share a little information with you. And I'm not going to disclose where it's at. Um, we're not going to say the name. However, uh, my husband works for a particular place where um, their unvaccinated employees cannot use the on-site cafeteria at all. You must bring your lunch from home. Or if you're a really good person, uh, you can order from Grubhub and have it delivered. You will continue to get a nasal swab and you will wear your mask. Uh, Vaccinated people don't have to wear one unless they're in your presence because they're wow. going to have badges and T-shirts that show the people that were vaccinated. That is discrimination at its finest. Yep. yep. And, and they're saying that, that it's goes not. against. Yeah, it goes against literally every employment law on the books. Um, yep. Look at your posters in your break rooms. That's discrimination. Hundred percent. And they're saying, because I just got all the legislation on it in terms of my state's laws. And I thought, oh my God, they've created the, it's the same thing where the, the vaccination companies are not held liable for the damages that are caused to people. And that happened from back in what, 1986, they, that got signed in and, um, it's the same exact thing. It's like, we can't ask you, but we're going to keep pushing on you. So you're either going to fess up and tell us if you haven't. Or we're going to continue to label other people until you're singled out just by, you know, but we're That's not going to. That's exactly what they're doing. Yep. Yep. Because I was going to say, how how would they know if he did or didn't? Well, if they're going to be giving out shirts and stuff to mark yourself, yes. you yes. know, marked safe from. <laughs> yes. That's and exactly what they're doing. And if your stinking vaccination worked, then you wouldn't worry so much about that. Because what else are you pushing? Because you want it that bad. And that's, we had that discussion today and I said, you know, if it was um, what they say it is, number one, you wouldn't have states that are paying or the federal government paying mil- millions of dollars to the winner of an ad contest Yep, to basically push propaganda in your state. Um, mm-hmm. You wouldn't have businesses offering you free stuff because hello, it's not free. Like Shake Shack, I'm going to call you out too because Shake Shack are the ones that uh, were busted for taking government money during the, uh, yeah. you know, the first thing. And then it was like, oh, our bad. Like, we didn't really need that okay. money. Yeah. But Whoops, guess we what? accidentally took millions of dollars. Our bad. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you applied for it because you wouldn't yeah. have got it if you didn't apply for it. We so accidentally applied. Play. But, then, but then they partnered with the state of New York and they get not only a free burger, but a burger and fries, which Cuomo, Cuomo used at his press conference. And I'm just saying, like, if if it works and if it is what it what they say it is, they would not have to push the 24 hour a day, seven day a week propaganda, not only on TV, but on radio. 
Um, yeah. It's on at like two o'clock in the morning, some obscure, like watching Peacock channel or something, mm-hmm. watching forensic files. And then there's this advertisement for get your COVID vaccination. We'll give you a free donut at Krispy Kreme. Right. For a year. Exactly. And- People don't understand the damage that they that they just accepted to their own bodies in exchange right. for a ten cent donut because it only takes them like ten cents to make a donut. And, Hello, diabetes. Yep, and uh, well, and they're targeting the unhealthy crowd. It, is this exactly. waking anybody up? I mean, when they're targeting the unhealthy people, that tells you right there they are trying to make us even less healthy, which if, if the whole Rockefeller thing didn't get you with the natural health and how he erased it out of medical schools and took diet out of the schools and then replaced it with a food pyramid that fattens cows, if that didn't exactly. get you, look at who they're targeting right now. It's all fast food crap. And it's the, and, and that unfortunately is a large uh, a population, you know, and I have mm-hmm. a busy lifestyle, but I can still manage to eat pretty healthy. And it doesn't take any more time than it would for me to pull up and get terrible service at a drive through. Um, you know, and it doesn't really cost me any more money than that. There's ways around it if you really focus on that, but they're mm-hmm. just, they're just hitting the people. So that was actually a point that I wanted to make too. Um, I actually heard this, I think on no mercy, quite honestly, when they were talking about third dimensional beings, and that's when it got me thinking about it. And the way I see it is um, the third dimensional part of us is our carnal mind, right? It's the flesh. Um, so we have three parts to our minds. So we have the super conscious, which is your divine mind connection to God or your or, or whomever, you know, whatever higher power that you um, acknowledge. And you have the subconscious, which is power without direction. It does whatever it is told. It's like a light switch. You flip it up and it turns the electricity on because you told it to do that. You shut it off and it flips the energy off because you physically manually flip that switch. So if you're um, watching a horror film, if you're me, because I'm super sensitive, but if you watch a horror film and you react and you like take a breath of air in because you just watch somebody get hacked apart. And if that doesn't shock you, that should be, uh, that's, there's something up there, (laughs) but you know, if you're kind of like jumping or you're scared or whatever, your brain doesn't know the difference between fact or fiction. It doesn't know you're not actually living through that trauma. Um, and so that's what your subconscious does, but then you've got the carnal mind, which is your conscious. And that is the people that only believe what's in front of them. They only think that this life is their reality. That's it. They're totally plugged into the matrix. And I call that the carnal mind. So you've got those three parts. And I think we need to, first of all, tell the subconscious mind higher choices. We need to start speaking better, uh, complimenting ourselves, saying better words, um, and, and doing the high vibing stuff in that realm. And then when we connect spiritually, and you know, again, that takes some work, especially today when we're working on that pineal gland and keeping that healthy and keeping that fresh. And um, that keeps you connected to that, what they call God particle, um, so that you can stay in tune because you and I talked before, Janet, we've got really strong guts and w- like mm-hmm. intuition. We can right. sense things. We can feel danger. We can feel when somebody's like no bueno. Um, but that goes away if we don't pay attention to that super conscious knowing that or acknowledging that there's something higher. They don't want us right. to ascend out of that. And it is possible 
for people's spirits to leave their body while their body is still connected to the earth. I, I know a lot of people that can do that. There was once a time I used to practice that, but I never really got super great at it. But um, you can do that. And, and I think that it takes a constant capturing of every thought. If we get busy in the whirlwind of the day and stay distracted, that's what they want. So what does the what does the media do? They're constantly distracting us from what's really going on. And right. yes, they're mockingbirds. You know, they're doing exactly what they're told to do. But it's all a ruse to get our our heads to turn the opposite direction from what's really happening. And it's it's the exact same thing. So if we get stuck in our carnal mind and we think that this is it, there's nothing else to it. These objects that are around me are my everything that can, quite frankly, burn up in a fire then we're missing it. And we have to go a little bit deeper than that. Well, and here's a question for you, because I heard this on another show, and it makes complete and total sense. Um, do you think that there are people that are on, um, like in different dimensions that are here right now, yep. where like some of us have the ability to, like us, for instance, um, like trust your gut, look for information, like be confident, be positive. But then there's another group of people that are also here at the same time where they don't have the capability to process critical thought, even if you show them like a ton of stuff you know, in front of their face, proving something like they don't have oh, the capability to mean. process that. And, and you're not talking ghosts. You're talking like regular people that are just like right. checked out kind of. Right. Um, that Like don't have that don't have like, and the way they were putting it is like, they, they, like some of us are programmed differently. Um, and kind of think of us like the like what they said in the terms of us being the white hats where mm -hmm. we have all of this information and we can share all of this information, not just with other people, but with our families, our kids, um, and and basically are the um keepers of information. And then there's other people that are not able to actually process like critical thought or information or whatnot, because that's way they were designed. Well, I think there, I think personally for me, the theory that I am a little bit more attuned to is it's a little bit part of that. I don't think that we um, are existing in the same dimension, like together seeing each other and only some are, are awake and some are not. I definitely think that there's um, different dimensions, but it depends on how you see a dimension, quite frankly, I don't really think that, um, that dimensions are so transparent that we can both be in the same room together, but be on different planes necessarily based on how we think. I think that there's a science to that. I do think it's between the carnal mind, the subconscious mind and the superconscious mind in terms of how high is that person's body vibing. So, um, and I, I also tend to really, um, I heard this, this term on another show, a conspiritualist. I really like that, that, um, term for it. And I don't really like to label myself, but I would say that I'm more spiritual than not. And 
I really look to scripture. Um, and however, however people look at it, I don't necessarily think you need to believe in God in, in the way that I do in order to understand the scripture and follow it like it's it's a guidebook to how to survive earth. And really, I believe that it's actually a book to help us overcome the carnal mind because that's what there this is not a this is not a battle between flesh and blood. We've heard that before and it's not. This is a spiritual battle between good right. and evil. And right. that's kind of the the basic basic, but um my thought about it that I had the other day and I was actually explaining it to some folks at lunch today is that I think we can jump timelines in terms of where we are on that vibrational scale. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of people have heard of the rapture, um, which I don't, I don't believe, you know, I was raised up in that whole world where they taught the rapture for many years. Now that's not a popular belief. I don't, I don't believe it in the standard way that I learned it. Um, but I do, I have been thinking lately and I don't know if there's any basis for this, but I, th- in my own experience of what I call leveling up, because my son plays a lot of video games, so I'm like, level up, Mario. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I have been really working on constantly taking my thoughts captive and working on higher vibration and having a higher thought, choosing a better choice, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I think that we can change the timeline and how things end for us by that alone. So if you um, continue to have negative thoughts and you're going to go, you're going to kind of snowball downhill and pretty right. soon. And I have been there before because my sophomore year of high school, oh Lord, I, I, so I went to a Catholic school and I tempted Satan because I was just a holy roller. I was holier than thou. I loved me some Jesus. I'm telling you, I, I prayed every night in my room, even though they taught us that you can't go directly to God. You have to go to the saints first to take your prayers to God. And I would just close my door and pray directly to him and say, I know I'm not supposed to do this. It's like, God, this is verboten, but I'm doing it because I just feel this strong connection to you. Um, so I always felt like I was doing this all in secret. But um, I tempted Satan to shake my faith because I literally thought I was that high up at that point. And stupid teenage mind, you know, um, I got a little cocky. And I'll be damned if that if that wasn't what happened. Like the temptation started and I I would spend most of my days in my bedroom growing up that year. So I was 16 with the lights off and a single candle lit by myself. Um, so isolated, not, not going out with friends, not doing anything, just sitting a lot in the dark and seriously wondering if I jumped off um, where I live, there's this like we call it the rims and you can kind of go up there and overlook the city and stuff. I mean, I would literally think if, if I went and jumped off the rims, would anybody come to my funeral? Those were the kinds of thoughts that I was thinking at that point in time. Yeah. Super dark. I was having dreams of the demonic constantly. And at first this sounds funny, but it wasn't at the time. Um, They took the form of ET because that was the first exposure to extraterrestrials that I had as a child I went to the, my parents took me to the movie E.T. And we think that that movie's all endearing and lovely. And now that I know what I know, I was like, what the hell, you know? And so the the demons in my dreams took that format. And for years, actually, even past when I had my children, I was still having dreams of the demonic. But um, once I kind of got out of that my sophomore year and realized like, oh, this is crap. I've got to, it, 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 it's been a struggle spiritually for me. And those dreams actually turned into somewhat of a guide post for me because as those demons would show up, 
I, I would have those um, paralyzing dreams, you know, where you can't move, you try to speak, your jaws locked, you can't do anything, you can't move. And it's just fear that has paralyzed you. And right. I, I would wake up and feel something lift off my chest, like it was laying on top of me. Right. Um, I had, um, I mean, if you want to call it this, like, it, it's not exactly this, but like, demons in my dreams were trying to sexually molest me. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, get you that way because they're trying to make you afraid. And that's, that's what constantly happens. Then they started turning into human form. Then they turned into what I would call Nephilim. I don't know if you know much about Nephilim, but like, um, you know, just dead eyes. Um, they, they were wearing, you know, just brown colored, you know, like, uh, hats, derby hats and, uh, trench coats and things like that. But they would just stare. They wouldn't do anything. They would just stare at you. Well, it was one time in a dream where um, something was really creepy happening to my friend. And I I finally just got so pissed. I was sick and tired of having those dreams. Absolutely sick and tired of it. It was my whole life um, up to that point. And well, I guess from sophomore year. And I was just sick and damn tired of it. Not being able to get good sleep, being tormented by this that I rose up in that dream. And I, um, at the time, I like covered my my friend, I put my hands on my friend and I started to speak Jesus's name because that's what I was taught to do. And Mm -hmm. I turned around and fought the fuck back. And from that minute on, I have not been, they have not bothered me. There was a couple of times where, um, they would like in my dream, they would be standing on my driveway, staring at me, but they couldn't come any closer. And I, I would be looking out my window going, that's right. You don't get to come any closer to me. And I started to take authority over that. And mm-hmm. that's when I realized, okay, wait a second, I have the power here. And, and this is really important even to the topic we're talking about because so many people are caught up in fear. And if that's, if there's anything I can say to people, it's this, whether you believe in Satan or you believe that, um, or you don't, but you believe that there's evil out there, evil does not have power, God or the universe or source or whatever you want to call him. That is the only power. So if it, scripture has it all over the place where Satan had to ask God's permission to touch Job. Satan did not actually have creative abilities. And um, again, that's another podcast because he's been after DNA. What is our government after constantly? Right. DNA. So DNA is very important because those of us that have human DNA are going to inherit the earth and there's going, our eternity is going to be spectacular. And he got kicked out um, and he wants that back. And so that's been kind of a fight. And, you know, whether you think that's a metaphor or you believe that actually happened, it doesn't matter because the point is fear is not productive. And we have to stop being afraid. We have to start standing up and fighting back, no matter what that looks like, whether it's just using your voice or whether it's, you know, pulling out your nine when the time comes and, you know, being a Kyle Rittenhouse and, you know, showing up and show just making sure that you are defending because that's where they paralyze us. But the thing is, is the only power that evil has is what our carnal mind gives it. Let that sink in. Because that is the power of our minds. And I just want to say on those particular lines, uh, people contact me about this all the time. So I'm going to bring this to the forefront. One of the questions that I get all of the time from people is I have depression or really bad anxiety. 
How do I handle that? That goes along with everything you were just talking about. Yep. Nobody else has control over you or your life besides you. Other people's opinions of you do not matter at all. Correct. You, You are a good person. You were created in the image that you were for a reason. You're special. Um, your life is privileged in the aspect that you are alive and breathing. Yes. You have the capability to do good, to be good, um, and to make a difference. And it's what you decide to do with that that matters. So Absolutely. if social media is your source of stress, put your phone down. Get off of social media because other people's opinions of you don't matter if people calling you names or you don't feel like you have enough followers or if you don't feel like uh, people see your post or you're not making a difference. Put it down. Get off Mm -hmm. of it because that is creating the negativity in your mind that is making your body out of balance and making you sick. Absolutely. And you know, we, if, if people don't understand right now, what identity means in this world, I'll start by saying anything that happens in the spiritual realm, eventually happens in the physical realm. So if in our world or the carnal mind, what's right in front of you, what we're watching on that stupid media um, is they want your identity. How bad have they been pushing 23andMe and the chromosome test or the DNA tests? How much are they pushing? Come give blood. And, you know, I I get it. Like people equate giving blood with saving lives and there's no judgment from me. Wait, wait. Unless you watch the video from the Red Cross lately that says that plasma is desperately needed but they cannot take donations from anybody who's been vaccinated because they have discovered that the vaccination has destroyed your body's natural immunity so guess what (laughs) guess what all of us who are not wow and who will remain and think about this on a large scale because if you donate blood here it doesn't just stay here. Right. It goes worldwide. They are taking um, our identity through DNA. Okay, but and listen. But listen, if they can't, okay, they're supposedly 293 million Americans that are vaccinated, which mm-hmm. that's a farce because there's no way to actually record that particular number. There's no way to get that. Um, they're counting list- like China. Yeah, they get, there's no way to, there's no process for recording that unless they're counting the doses in a vial. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean the people were actually vaccinated. Right. Um, but anyway, I mean, so they're saying that all these people that are, are vaccinated, that means that the people that are not vaccinated, you're the only ones that can provide blood now. Because all of the vaccinated people, the blood supply is tainted. They can't donate now. And so guess what? That falls all on us. That goes back to, again, to the the whole depopulation thing and whatnot, Mm -hmm. because there's going to be much less blood supply. To go and they around talk about that. The yeah, they, they report it out. They talk about whether they're 
um, high or low. In fact, I just drove by our blood bank the other day and it said that they're in desperate need of blood right now. And I just, I always just keep thinking to myself, I'm not giving you my DNA. Like I'm not giving that to you because you know, however much you donate, like, are they giving all of that to a person for reals or like what's happening to it? Because I just watched Judy Mikovits and she talked about how they tainted the blood supply 30 years ago. Right. Then they, they have did this with the HIV. Yep. yep. And then they figured out a way to clean it up. So whenever that allegation is made now, they just go back there and go, no, it isn't. Cause look at, it, it, look at all of our, st- well, yeah. Cause yeah. you cleaned it up once you figured out the little, um, the test that you can run or the, they, figured out some way to clean it from all of that viral stuff. And I thought, Oh, I, it just confirmed to me that I was right in not donating that. Um, but I, I guess I've always just been a little bit weird like that. I don't want to give out my DNA. Now, if my kids needed it, you better damn well believe I'll give it to them. But you know, if you can control who it's being given to and you don't lose sight of it, you you know, fine. Um, I, I would totally donate for that, but I, I just, you know, in, in terms of our identity, we have to understand who we really are and who we were created to be. We were not, we were not created to be cattle. We were not created to be, um, asleep and just, Oh, well, you know, like how many people have I talked to, or have you talked to that? You say, dude, you got the vaccine. Do you, do you know X, Y, Z? And they're like, Oh, well, well, I guess if anything happens, then I'll just cash out, you know? And I'm just like, Oh my God. What? Wow. You know, they're just, it's just like, they're okay. Just giving it up. They're okay. Just throwing that to the government, but those with anxiety and depression and all of that, it's lies whatever you're believing, whatever you're, whatever that little voice in your head is saying to you, it's lies. And as far as the chemical imbalance, are you on medications? Because that's throwing you farther out of whack. And right. I have something called Bach flower remedies that can address the underlying emotions to fear and anxiety. And it helps remove those so that you can get on top of things like that. And it's, it's flower essences, you know? So again, it goes back to, it's not a homeopathic medicine, but they, the FDA classifies it that way. Um, so there are natural remedies out there that you can use to get beyond that and past it. Essential oils would work. Um, but what works the most is the power of your mind. If you don't turn around and start fighting back and saying, no, I refuse to be in this hole. I refuse to think that way about myself. Um, you know, it it does take work. I refuse to be sick. Yes. Yes. And that's where I was going with it because our minds have the power to heal our body because again, the subconscious mind only does what it's told. So if you continue to say, no, I'm not sick. No, I'm not sick. No, I'm not sick. Your brain eventually believes that and it triggers the healing response. Your body is always moving towards healing itself and that's what triggers it. So then I, I heard this other thing that you know, have you ever um, had a thought come back into your mind that's, it's been done for, I don't know, six months, a year, however long, and it just all of a sudden comes back into your mind at the strangest time. And then you just start ruminating on it like a hamster on a wheel. You're just like, and you're getting all worked up and mad about it again. And um, I heard that explained by Dr. Joe Dispenza, that your body is addicted to its own chemicals. So it's addicted to the chemicals we create when we're in the fight or flight mode. And um, when you stop being all panicked and fight or flight and, you know, the cortisol stuff isn't being, you're not constantly living under stress, um, your body is going to try to bring something back to trigger trigger your mind to go back there because it is addicted to its own chemical. So it takes practice and you can't just, 
have a good day and think, oh, that's it. You know, it didn't work for me. That just frustrates me. Um, I actually wrote affirmations down on index cards and little statements of belief and, and things that I know to be true. I, I read them every day. I go through them. I speak them out loud because when we speak it out loud, the vibration leaves our mouth and things are created from that because mm-hmm. God spoke the world into being, right? And if we're made in his image, then we actually have the same capabilities because words Correct. are power and they're a creative force. Correct. So that's why we speak blessings over people or that's why this hidden messages in water thing is so important because the more positive that you're speaking out, that's what comes back. Now you've got the karma, the law of karma, which karma means boomerang. It comes back to you. So your words never return void. If you judge somebody for having money, you'll never have money. If you judge somebody for being all thin, because trust me, girl, like I used to just be judging all them girls that were having babies and going right back to their shape. And I'm like, bitch, you know, (laughs) because I wasn't blessed with that kind of genetics. Right. Um, it took me a long time and you know to capture those thoughts and to realize judgment passes both ways and whether you have it or you know whatever it is like if somebody has something that you want but you're like oh it's just because and you don't realize maybe the hard work or the effort that they put in to get where they're at right. you're judging them that's going to come right back on you so we have to be so careful not to judge other people some of us have had a really hard life and some have right. not you can't judge that just because of what you see, like in a picture or, you know, podcast people, like if they have hundreds of thousands of listeners, you don't know the road it took them to get there. So don't be like, oh, they just got their in by so-and-so and and they skyrocketed overnight. No, I'm sure they put the work in. You just didn't see that part. So we have to be so careful. And you are, you are so spot on with all of that because I say that all the time. Like you cannot judge someone else as far as life or experiences or situations or whatnot because you don't know what their story is. You don't know what brought them to that particular moment. And that's why, you know, um, I choose to live drama free. We don't have any. Yes. We don't let it in ever. Um, if something starts to be an issue or a problem, we remove it. Yes. Instantly. And you have to take that captive all the time. You have to be constantly right. vigilant on that. That's right. absolutely correct. Yep. You know, and so many people, um, especially in this world of podcasting, like, for the most part, everybody is so amazing and so nice and fantastic and helpful and supportive. Um, there are some that I will say are very negative on people that are smaller than them. Mm. Um, shame on you. Yep. Because you were small once too. And you Absolutely. let your you let your ego outshine. And get the best of you. And that's why you always have to be humble. You have to be thankful. You have to be honest um, in everything, not just just your job, not just your life, but absolutely everything, your emotions, the whole nine yards. You have to be honest and and you have to give thanks for what you have. Because every day is every day is a blessing. Every moment is a blessing. Um, 
family is a blessing, if something in your life is not, and it's causing you stress, causing you problems, remove it. Remove it immediately because uh, the more the negative vibration is around you, the more negative yours will become. Yes. So take it away. Yes. And that is the magnetic attraction in our um, energy field. That's the six feet away from us in all directions. We, and whether you call it spirit or, um, or the magnetic field, there's, it's called a magnetic field for a reason. And last time we talked about how we are, the earth is magnetic. We are magnetic. Um, and so basically what, whatever your thought life is, is where it begins. And if you are a negative thinker, and, and again, this is really kind of a difficult thing for people to grasp if they haven't really sat down and thought about it or lived through it. Um, so this might give a little cognitive dissonance because it did me at first. Boy, I'll tell you, I really revolted on this one. But um, whatever we were thinking, whatever we're thinking, it goes out as a vibration because our thoughts are vibration. That's what prayer is. You could have a thought in somebody's favor across the world and it can heal them if it's the right vibration and vibration travels that fast. So if you're putting something out there, you'll attract its equivalent back. And so we do not attract what we want. We attract who we are. And if we don't clean right. up who we are on the inside, just like you said, if you're not constantly honest, you don't have integrity, you're going, your world, your external world is going to reflect that. So everything is a mirror. If everything in your world is starting to go haywire and people are shitty or there's just things coming at you and you're like, God, if I have to deal with one more thing, then you've got to re really examine what have your thoughts been because we are attracting all of that to us. And until I really figured that out um, it, to really take the, the thoughts captive, I, I didn't believe it. Somebody told me that one time and I could have just scratched her eyeballs out. I was like, how dare you? You know, uh, oh, everything's a mirror. So you're basically saying I'm the cause of all of the stuff that happens in my world. And she basically was like, yeah, you are. And I wigged out a little bit. I kind of manifested, you know, let's get some holy water on this child because she's freaking out. And it, I started to really think about it and I watched it happen. So I have been um, in management for a very, very long time. And one of the things that if I look back onto my early management days, I can tell you that when I was at my worst, so was my team. They reflected me. They reflected my energy. And I've always had a very strong energy and, and very intense. God, I'm still told that today. I can walk into a room. Oh, Lord. I'll, You're, I'll tell you. You and me, too. Yeah. They, I literally had somebody say, man, people say I'm intense, but I'm a distant second to you. And I'm just like, awesome. Thanks. Um, that's so great. Uh, I know I'm, I'm an energetic being. I'm very passionate. I get really, uh, you know, especially when it's something like this that I love talking about. Um, but I can walk into a room and change the atmosphere by how I enter it. So right. I especially have to be very, very careful to um, stop and be in the present before I enter a room. Because if I'm thinking about what I've got to do later and I'm busy and distracted, that comes off as she's shut off. She, This is going to be a bad day. Oh, Lord, everyone hide. Because I'm super intense. Seriously. And it, people used to say they were afraid of me for the longest time. And, I, I, and the people who really knew me would just die laughing. They're like, what? Are you kidding? She's a total dork. And I, you know, again, I think I'm hilarious, except I scare people. So I, I it's had this. In, it's intimidation. I hear is. that all the time too. <laughs> yes. 
And it's it's just because you have a um, magnetic, strong, magnanimous personality. Yep. And a lot of people are like, <gasps> like they it don't know them. they they don't know like what to do around that. Yes, and especially when I start preaching, you know, and and <laughs> a lot of times people will just kind of stare at me, and I'm like, oh God, I've gone too far because I really do try to read my audience, but every now and then I kind of get a little anointing, and I just start preaching the the message, you know, and then I'll look at the audience, like I wake up and I'm like, oh Lord, what have I done? I don't even remember what I said, and then eventually they'll come back up and they'll be like, whoa you have a contagious energy. And I'm like, is that good? I don't know. I don't know what I just told you. And I'm so sorry. And and typically it's very positive because when I get in my zone, I literally black out and I don't know what I say, but typically it is so empowering and inspiring to other people that right. they love listening to me. And I'm like, cool. Like, I don't know what I just said. Um, but I just trust <laughs> that, you know, that's that anointing and that, that, um, ascension that I'm talking about. Like when I'm connected in the spirit that way, that just comes out my mouth, but that's what is. we're intended to do for each other is lift each other up and carry each other. That's what we're here for. So yep. If you are depressed and you do have anxiety, just come chat with me because I'll talk that straight out of you. You know, I'll just love on you until you don't believe it about yourself anymore. And I have always been able to see um, the gifts that people carry in the sense that like- Me too. Yep. Like you you just start going, do you realize you have this enormous gift? You have this huge destiny. We need you on this planet you need to like focus and, you know, and then right. you just start calling their destiny forward. And right. it's like a light turns on where they've never had that before. And that's probably one of my favorite spaces to exist in, but that, you know, that's just part of it. But when you are in gratitude, like you said, I try to, I try to be grateful, you know, or, or uh, review things that I'm grateful for beginning of day, middle of day and Me end of too. day. Me too. Because yep. gratitude is the ultimate state of receivership. So if you want to stay open and attract all the good things, then you better just stay in that state of gratitude because right. that's where it happens. But then you have to learn how to receive too. So if you are a giver and you're constantly giving, 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 but then somebody tries to give it back and you're like, oh, I can't, or you exactly. can't, you can't even it, take a compliment. It, it, is the, it is so true because it makes us uncomfortable. Yes. Like in the, in a way that I, like, I can't explain, Mm -hmm. it makes me like so uncomfortable that, um, like almost makes my skin crawl because I am like so much of a giver. I mean, if you, if you call me at three o'clock in the morning and you need to talk, I am you're totally up. up. If you need me to come and pick you up because you need to talk, I'm there. Mm-hmm. But if you try to do something nice for me, it freaks me out. Yep. And I have learned over the years how to accept, um, cause I, my aunt did that a long time ago to me. Like one day she just took this ring off her finger. Cause I said, Oh, I love your ring. She's like, here, try it on. And I tried it on and she, she's like, okay, well that's for you. And I was like, no, I'm not taking your ring like right off your finger. That's awful. And she's like, right. I gave it to you. And I said, no, I can't do that. And she, she just looked at me and she, she's like 20 years and five days older than me. So we've always had this great relationship. And she said, Shannon, you need to learn how to receive things. And it just stopped me right then and there. And I thought, 
oh my gosh, I do. And so now when somebody says, oh, I love your hair, I just go, thank you. That's very nice of you to say that, you know, and I have learned how to just say thanks. I don't feel obligated to return it unless it's a genuine thing. Um, and because there are some days where I'll walk up to somebody and say, oh my God, your hair is so beautiful. I love it. And, and I have done that before. Um, because I believe as, especially as females, we need to straighten each other's crowns and we need to be loving on each other and only mm. saying nice things to each other. That seriously. Doesn't, that doesn't happen often. <laughs> no, no. Cause girls be bitches Wim- sometimes. I, I, I was going to say women, <laughs> women are very nasty creatures. Yes. yes but I, I'm not. And especially when I'm drinking, I make best friends in the bathroom. I'm that girl that the meme was created for. Like they come and find me 15 minutes later and I'm still in the bathroom. They think I was shanked. And I'm like, what? This is Janet. This is so-and-so, you know, I just That's made some totally friends. me. <laughs> and you know, compliments I can, I can handle. I can receive those. It's just, if somebody tries to do something nice, like they give me a gift or something. It uh, like I, it's weird, is and it I can't. Really? It is, and and even like um, when I was D- in DC, it was uncomfortable for me because people recognized me, and I was like, yes. "Oh my god, you're deplorable, Janet! I got to get pictures with you." And I'm like, <gasps> "Yep, I'm like I- this is so weird, and it's just like I can't." Like I'm so much here for other people yes, and for in service and for, um, yes, that's exactly what it is mm-hmm. uh, on so many different levels, whether it's, um, healing in a spiritual or emotional way, um, or, you know, whatever the case may be, it, it it's so different having that, like, light shined on me, it makes me feel awkward. At a very, very low level, I can understand what you're talking about because I am no Janet, but I actually had somebody fangirl me the other day at a martini bar I was at with my husband and she was like, oh my God, I follow you on social media. And I'm like, what you... Really? You do? Like, I'm <laughs> I'm like, not anybody. I'm really not. Um, and I just I just like to talk a lot. But um, I, I just thought, oh, my gosh. Oh, that's great. And she's like, you are just so positive And you're just so grounded. And she's saying all these things that um, I, I would never have honestly called myself. But I realized in that moment that but you are. It was her perception of me. And that was so precious to me in that in that spot. Because I somehow made a difference in her life right. and and I didn't know it. And so anybody, we don't know the effect that we're really truly having on other people. And that's why I always try to be that welcoming person, inclusive, right. and um, always straightening other people's crowns and just telling them how awesome I think they are. Um, right. And <laughs> again, my husband, the cop, who always tells me that when people drink, they just become magnified versions of themselves. Well, imagine I talk even more and I get even more friendly and I'm just like, (laughs) let me tell you why I love you. I just love you because, and it's always like, I love you. And I'm not afraid to say anything, but it's all the good stuff that I think about that person, but that I would be too embarrassed to say if I was sober. And, um, so y'all, I'm a good time. I'm, I'm telling you like, I'm so much fun because I just love on everybody. (laughs) 
I did. <laughs> I love you so much. I'm like, let me tell you something that you're amazing at. And people are looking at me like, okay, drunk girl. And I'm like, no. And, and then I'll, and then I have to tell them, no, really, I'm drunk. So I'm being honest. This is how you can tell because I am past, you know, I'm past it now. And you're just going to get straight up truth, whether you want it or not. And oh my Lord, I'm just, and I don't know if they ever really believe me because I, I'm like, shit house girl talking to them but I'm loving on them and the vibration is all love so <laughs> I love that so much though because I'm the same way but I'm also like a very straight shooter mm-hmm. and so like if you're like I will be so nice to literally everyone drunk or mm-hmm. sober until you piss in my Wheaties oh yeah And I am a very honest, open person. And if you piss in my Wheaties, (laughs) I will, I will tell you and I will tell you. And that goes back to that defense um, thing where you got to stand up and, you know, like be a warrior basically for yourself. Yep. Because as we said, women can be very nasty. I've told people this. From the get-go, from the very first show, women are very catty. They're very snide. Um, They will cut you down in an instant in heartbeat for no apparent reason other than apparent jealousy for whatever whatever it is. (laughs) Whether it's what you're wearing or you do your makeup better or whatever it is. Have you ever been elevator-eyed by another woman? (sighs) Yes. I I get that a lot. And and now I'm so tuned in to when they do it. I'm like, oh, oh, there, you know, there's something about me that has just, you know, like I just peed on their tree. Yep. I just somehow peed on their tree. <laughs> and I have a tendency of doing that unknowingly because um, that's I because don't... we're confident. Yes. And they lack that. They yes. lack what we have. And I and yep. I know for a lot of people that sounds very conceited. Um, but it's true because confidence is beautiful. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's not being conceded. I know I'm amazing. I know I'm awesome. Mm-hmm. I I know that like I attract all kinds of people and I have an amazing friend circle. And so it is because of the way that I am and what I put out. I don't pull in negative energy mm-hmm. and if I do I make it leave and then everything is kosher again and, and we so, have to protect yeah, that we have yeah. to protect ourselves from that energy the bad energy it's not it's not conceit um, it's congratulatory for myself for being the kind of person that I know I'm supposed to be I'm not a jackhole I'm not an asshole and I can be friends with you, even if you don't like me, because mm-hmm. I will shake that negative energy right out your butt. Yep. And you can say, set it all aside because you're not in competition with anyone. You're securing yeah, no. who you are. Yeah. And so there's really nothing that I, like now I don't look at another female and be like, 
you know, like say nasty things in my brain. Oh, you go and mac on my husband. Dude, if you want to mac on my husband, kudos to you because I will be like, congratulations because he is a catch. But guess what? Tell him uh, what he's won, Bob. Yeah. For the grand prize. Yep. You can go home by yourself because he's coming home with me. Yep. <laughs> and you that's can not drool a, all you want. Exactly. It's not a conceit thing. It's a comfort thing um like i can literally like go oh my god like that dude is the most beautiful dude i've ever seen and he'll be mm -hmm. like either agree or not agree and so you know he can do the same thing with chicks and it's like no big deal yep because we have that level of comfort about us where we know um, we are so comfortable and happy with each other mm -hmm. and like matched so perfectly that's that awesome. that's not going to go anywhere. Like yeah. you want to flirt? Go ahead. Like I am a total flirt. I, I like to flirt with people, guys or girls, because um, it's a positive energy thing. Yeah. It's yeah. not like a sexual thing or whatnot. You know, it's just it a, bonds people and it's yeah, a it social does. thing. Yeah, it, it, it makes people more comfortable. And I've heard so many people say when they talk to you and I felt it, you just make people feel so comfortable and at home. Like, I feel like I've known you for a lot longer than two episodes, you know, exactly. and, that, and we really haven't talking much talk talking. Holy God. Lord. Uh, we have talking. We, we have talking a lot. <laughs> we have we actually have known each other talk wise for. I don't know what a year, a year, year and yeah. a half, yeah. something like mm -hmm. that, until I got nukety nuke sticked mm -hmm. um, by the Twitter Twinkies. And then, <laughs> you know, we kind of lost touch. And it was because, like, all of your information that you sent me, I'm like, well, hell, it just got nuked. So I have no idea how to get a hold of you. Yeah. So, like, we didn't talk for a while, but it's like we never stopped talking. And it was weird because when I was studying that, this one night, I was like, instantly I thought of you and I was like, I need to, I need to see if Janet still wants to do a podcast because this, this would be a perfect subject. And, um, that's when I was studying about the germ theory and the terrain theory. And I'm so glad that I reached out because, um, that it was such a great conversation, but I learned a ton and I'm just so glad that it's getting out there because, I keep hearing people kind of mention it here and there. It's like people kind of get the idea, but I, I think that it, it's really important to know because everything's built on that foundation. But I just had this weird thought, like this intuition, because it wasn't like I saw, I wasn't looking through social media or anything like that. I just instantly got this feeling in my gut, like I got to ask Janet if she wants to do this. And I'm so glad that I did. It's been awesome. Well, and you know, that's the, that's the thing. Um, which a lot of people like think I'm nuts because I've mentioned this before, but the universe tells me what to do. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so like, if I have a thought, I need to go hug some random stranger. Yes. I'm going to do it. Yes. Um, if I get a message, like I'm supposed to, uh, you know, like I haven't talked to so-and-so lately and they're expecting, like, I need to get a hold of them. Like, right now, even though it's been like a week, um, like I need to talk to them mm -hmm. or, or whatnot. I, I always have like a guide in my life that tells me what to do. And a lot of people are like, you should be really careful because that could be the devil. And I'm like, <laughs> but it's not because 
I don't dwell in the negative. I dwell in the positive. My frequency is so much higher. Yep. Um, than a lot of people realize. And I am on that level where if I get like, you need to get a hold of so-and-so or you need to, um, you know, do this or that it, it is for an actual reason for good. Yep. And, and here's a little ditty for everybody. If the devil made you do it, you blew it. So the devil exactly. doesn't make us do anything. And just like Adam and Eve in the garden, all he did was he tempted them. He made them doubt. He right. planted the seed of doubt. He said, did God really say that you can't eat that? So that's all that is, is negative energy and that little negative right. voice in our head. It's not the devil making you do something. It's, it's more you. just, yeah, it's, it's you. You, you freaking chose that. It you is chose your, that response. Let's go back to that. Uh, carnal mind mm-hmm. and your subconscious and your super conscious yep. um, completely 100% agree on that narrative because uh, free will is your choice. It is yep. your choice and your choice alone. What you do, what path you choose, um, who to be friends with, uh, what to eat, the whole nine yards. It's yes. you. It's your mind. It's your control of your mind. And if you don't have control over your mind, either you're too weak to do so, you don't know how to do so, or you really don't care. Yep. And there's there's universal laws out there. And whether you are a believer in God or not, the universal law is in effect. So reaping and sowing or karma right, is one right. of those examples. You don't have to believe in God for that to work. If you're a bitch, it's going to come back to you. Right. If you give and you're a giver and you know, no matter what you give, it will be returned to you and in some cases multiplied. Right. And so um, that's just one. Uh, free will is another universal law. And guess what else? The universe cannot be opposite of what was put in motion. So it's not like God's going to give you free will and then cross it by forcing you to love him and forcing you to know him and have relationship with him. He gave you free will. He wants you to choose. It's like in that show with Jennifer Aniston, um, no uh, baby wants you to want to do the dishes. You know, I want to, I want you to want to do those things. That's the same idea. It's like the free will thing is your choice. He's not going to cross that and force it. So um, that's really important to understand. Universal law will work regardless of what you believe. And that's exactly what that is. And there is whatever is ours by divine right belongs to us. And so one of the things that I wanted to share too, was like the process to to get a healthier, stronger vibe or um, to really think in a more positive way. The first thing you do every single time is you give thanks and rejoice as if you already have something because we were born um, with prosperity as our birthright that that belongs to us. Now, if people don't believe that I'm what I'm saying right now, they, they really have a block in there regarding finances and money. And that's something I also coach on. Um, I came through that, which is why I'm able to coach other people through it. Um, I overcame the whole poverty and scarcity lack mentality. And I, I don't know that I'm a hundred percent cause it'll creep back in every now and then, but that is one of the things that if that, if having prosperity as your birthright does not resonate true to you, then, uh, reach out because I got, I'm going to break you of that too. Cause that's BS. We were born with a birthright to be prosperous. So 
if you already know that, right, if that's our birthright and we are supposed to be, we're supposed to have provision and abundance, then um, if that is truly what you believe, then you need to give thanks and rejoice that it's already yours because it was set forth as you were born or before you were born. So that's number one. Then the second thing you need to do is you you step out and act in faith. I call it digging a ditch or um, you just take a step or a leap of faith as they say. For example, if you want this particular apartment and um, you put in your application and there's tons of other people and they're going through, uh, you know, and trying to figure out who they want to rent it to, And you just go out to the store and you decide, oh, I'm going to purchase this carpet for this little area rug for that apartment. It would look perfect over by the window. People might think you're crazy because you don't actually have that apartment yet, but you're taking a step of faith in saying, oh, I believe that it's mine. And if that particular apartment is not mine, then I want its equivalent or better because I believe that prosperity is mine. So you, you act in that perfect faith of believing it's yours and you take that step and dig your ditch. Then the third thing you have to do is bless the situation of success. Basically you can't lose it if it's yours by divine right. So when those things are inherently um, true to you, you just watch and see what happens. Cause I have been putting this into play for the past, uh, probably six months now. I cannot even tell you all of the things that have changed in my life as a result of this. Um, it's called the law of non-resistance when you do not resist things and you are just open to it. Now open to it doesn't mean, Oh, um, anything can, that can happen will happen. No, no, no. It's not that yeah, it's, no. you're just not coming up against it going, Oh, I don't know if I'm going to get that. And I I'm not sure if this happens, then I may not. Well, stop thinking like that because if I have my, and this actually happened to us. So the house that we're in now is our, the house that we want to be in. It's our dream home. And we actually, when we put our last house on the market, we put in an offer on another house that we thought was ours. And I actually deployed this. And this was, we've been in this house three years now. So this was about three years ago, I deployed this tactic. And I said, and I I said it out loud because words carry vibration. Mm -hmm. And I said, if that house is not ours by divine right, then I demand it's equivalent or better because I cannot lose what is mine by divine right. And it turns out that house and seven others around it in the neighborhood were actually sinking. Like there was sinkholes that were taking out the neighborhood. There were lawsuits everywhere from the um, on or against the builders because the ground underneath it, they didn't fortify it properly. And they basically built it on sand, which that is so biblical. Don't even get me started there. But, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but so we ended up in the house we're in now, which almost every day for the past three years, my someone in my family says, oh, I love this house. I love this neighborhood. I love where we live. It is so our vibe that we couldn't have picked this for ourselves, but we stayed open and not resistant to the fact that maybe my carnal mind is looking at this. Like I'm right. looking at this desirable house right in front of me saying, I want that one, but maybe that's not the one that was meant for me in the divine plan for me. So if I'm open to just getting whatever the divine plan for me is, that basically says I'm not resisting. And I believe the universe conspires for my good all the time because it cannot be contrary to its own nature, and which you know is good what? and love. You know what? We have that kind of conversation all the time, only I approach it in a little bit different wording. Mm -hmm. You know, I always say, like, 
um, what is meant to be will be. Mm -hmm. And so um, whether it's a job, like you really want a job at a, Mm -hmm. a certain place and whatever, do not get put off if you don't get it. Yes. If you don't get it, it is because that is not the path that you were meant to be on. Right. That means that there is something else that is coming down the road for you that maybe you don't see, but mm-hmm. is what to happen. And it's and it that's the kind of stuff that happens all the time with people on an everyday basis, whether um it's a job or, you know, money or, you know, whatever the situation mm-hmm. is, when it is meant to happen, because things don't happen on your timeline. Right. Um, they happen on a completely divine timeline, very spiritual timeline. And so when it is meant to manifest to you, it will. Um, and it does it for a reason and it does it for your own good when you're not even thinking about it. So and, stop focusing your energy yes. on if I don't get this job, like I'm going to be so mad. No, because here's if, the flip side. If you don't get this job, it's because you weren't meant to get that job because you're going to get something different. Exactly. And the thing, this is the flip side of this. And um, I'm I'm using a very blatant word when I say this. Um, so just bear with me here because it's more about what the word means, not so much that, you know, of what I'm calling people. But if we desire something and we say, oh, I want that purse that that lady has. I want that purse. We can accidentally set forward in motion the chain of events that are going to get me that exact purse, but something might end up having to happen to that lady in order for me to get that purse. Like it it got robbed from her and taken to a pawn shop and then inadvertently your husband goes and buys it for you and then you get it. But that lady had to lose it in order for you to get it. So that's what's called witchcraft friends. And, and I don't, I'm not saying everybody's a witch. I'm just saying witchcraft means control. So because of the power that our words hold and the vibration that goes out when we speak it or think it, we can actually end up setting forth a chain of events into motion that we, we don't intend. So typically when I'm saying things out loud, I will say, um, you know, open the way for my right position. Um, I give thanks and rejoice that, that this, if this position is mine by divine right, that I cannot lose it. And that I, I give thanks that it manifests quickly under grace and in a perfect way, because under grace means that you don't have to earn it. It, It's yours because your birthright is prosperity. And in a perfect way means nobody has to die or get hurt in order for you to have it because it belongs to you. And I do believe that the universe conspires for our good, which equals prosperity too. And that doesn't always come in the form of money. It could come in the form of um, something manifesting. For example, um, my husband lost his really good knife the other day. And he's like, I have no idea what I would have done with it. I don't know where it is. And I just declared it out loud. And I said, well, if it if it's yours, which it was, I mean, he bought it. Um, it, it belongs to you by divine right, then you can't lose it. So then I said, I give thanks and rejoice that it manifests quickly under grace and in a perfect way. He had that knife by the end of the day. And it certainly wasn't where he thought he left it. He's like, I can't even believe I found it here. 
that's the exact kind of thing that happens when it truly belongs to you and you can call that back in. That is living in fourth dimension. So I, I wanted to, in a roundabout way, get back from third dimensional beings to where we should be operating from is the fourth dimension, because in the fourth dimension, we can actually operate out of the elements. Uh, this might sound a little familiar, but we could potentially walk on water. We could walk through walls, disappear in crowds of people. We could um, multiply loaves and fishes. We could change water to wine. That's exactly what scripture is about. Jesus actually operated out of the fourth dimension. Um because he was one with that, with the universe, you know, one with God, one in that way. So he knew how to keep his mind sharp and positive and in that space. And there's a lot more to unpack around that, but that's kind of the basic way of saying, you know, the quantum piece to what Jesus did, he wasn't, he wasn't a wizard and he did, you know, it wasn't magic that he was performing. That stuff happened at the quantum level. So miracles, quote unquote, miracles, are basically just things that the human eye cannot detect. It doesn't mean that at the quantum level, which is smaller than atoms, it doesn't mean that something's not trans transposing or, or happening as a result of his intention, his vibration. So um, there's a story of him cursing the fig tree. Um, you know, that all, all of that has to do with um, vibration and intention and thought. And man, we, it says in scripture over and over and over that the power of life and death reside in the tongue. You can, you can build somebody up or you can murder somebody with the tongue and the words that you speak, if it's bad against somebody, it really, it will hurt them and it will come back and bite you in the ass for sure. And, but that's how he operated. And so that's kind of my aim. It's not necessarily to be Jesus, but he came to show us the example of what we could do no matter how anybody thinks of Jesus, whether no matter what the belief is, it's that's kind of set that aside and just look at how he behaved. He said greater things than these will you do before he died. So it's kind of like, okay, we haven't been able to fully operate with the full function of our brain. We don't have any idea what we truly can do until we start ascending, opening that pineal gland, speaking more positive and really getting our vibration higher up there because miracles start to happen at a certain level too. And Janet, when you were talking about being in service to others, that is one of the highest vibrations a person can have is when you're truly operating in service to another person, that's when magic happens. Tell me that that doesn't feel like that's how you're supposed to spend your life's energy is in service to others. It does without a doubt. And I always, you know, like, you know, Greg has even told me before, he's like, I have no idea how you knew, like, that you were supposed to help such and such a person or whatever. He's like, I have no idea how you knew that, but, like, and you know, like, all praise that you were able to see that, to hear that message, and to do it. And yep. it's one of those things where... um and, and I chuckle about it because people have called me doctor. They've called me therapist. I'm, I'm not any of those things, but I have the capability to do what I was meant to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that may sound funny to some people, um, but I can like read your energy. I can feel your energy. Like I said, I get 
you know, like messages like you need to do this for that person or you need mm-hmm. to, you know, take this person in and let them live with you and like because they need like intensive healing right. or whatnot. Yeah. And I, I know that's really weird. And a lot of people don't understand that. They don't get that. Um, but I know that I'm doing the calling that I was meant to do. Yes. Yep. And so, you know, even like doing the podcast thing, yeah, that's great too. But I am reaching people in a way that other people may not have reached you yet. Mm-hmm. And I hear about things like that all the time and I'm grateful for that. It's a it's a chain reaction of events and it's cause and effect and you are there for another person. And whether that's only one person or it's the masses of people, it doesn't matter because your destiny could be, Oh, you got to reach these particular two people. And when that happens, you're done. And, you know, and that's, I would rather on, on, at the end of my life have, you know, my maker say to me, here's what I had for you. And here's what you did. Well done. You know, that's what I want to hear. And I want to do all of that stuff on the earth. Like I don't have my own dreams and wishes and things that I believe are just mine. I want to do what I was sent here to do because I fully believe we each have a job that we're supposed to do. And it is not a mistake that we are here on this earth right now when all the shit's happening. There is a reason why we're all here. I think we can change our timeline. So um, as far as like how we end our lives, we can either go down the cycle and end up in the end times and, you know, like the apocalypse kind of stuff, or Mm -hmm. we can continue to keep our vibration high and see the world get saved. However, that's supposed to happen. I really do feel like that's where the split of the timeline happens and you can kind of choose your own adventure. Really? Um, I, I don't know. That's the recent thought I've been having. And I, it's not fully formed, but at the same time, I kind of like thinking that way because the more I get into higher vibration, mm-hmm. vibrationary thought, the happier that I become in a world that's more and more evil by the second. And I'm just like, okay, I'm meant, I'm meant to be doing what I'm doing, but I'm going to be helping other people who have that cognitive dissonance when the truth comes out or right. who are being um, sought out by the government. Like I've had tons of dreams about how I'm actually helping people hide and get them to safety. That has been another dream that I've had time and time again throughout my life. And I don't know how that might manifest, but boy, I'm sure excited to watch this whole thing play out. I think people call it hopium now, but whatever it is, I just, it excites me. I don't lose hope. I actually gain hope because even if we, yeah, it's, it's just exciting right now, the time that we're living in. And I just feel like you know, my purpose is coming. Like I'm, I'm here doing what I'm supposed to do. And when it's time, I believe that I I will actually meet with exactly the elements that I I was supposed to accomplish. Oh boy. I just, that's what really gives me energy. That's what really just brings me up. It's exciting to me. Yeah. And see, one of the things is um, like so many people nowadays are focused on like everything negative that's Mm -hmm. going on. Um, my focus is on my life, the life of my family, and the relationships that I have. It's mm-hmm. not on the negative stuff. Yes, I can talk about it, but I can also uh, file that away. You know what I'm saying? I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't keep hold of that. But it's funny because I was doing a show with some friends yesterday, 
And so, you know, they're all like talking about like negative things or whatnot that like they see for the future. And I'm like, you know, me, I'm going to stay positive Mm -hmm. because I'm thinking that um, like people are going to realize what's going on and they're going to show their destiny. Mm -hmm. Um, They're going to rise up to what they're meant to do. And all you can ever do is focus on you and yourself. You can't change other people. Um, You can't do, uh, you can't do any more than what you were sent to do or what your message is to do. And so you can talk, people can listen. It may reach somebody. It may not. If it doesn't, that's fine because that's not who that was intended for in the first place. Exactly. Um, and our all words never return it, void. Yeah. All you can do is focus on you. Um, and if you reach one other person, that is one other person that you were supposed to be reaching for whatever reason. Absolutely. And so all you, there's no sense in focusing on Uh, Like the world is burning, everything's negative, everyone's going to die. Yes, of course I'm going to die. I'm in human form, in human body, and Mm -hmm. we don't live forever. Everything dies, but then is reborn again, and it's fine. And I'm at peace with that because my life has been like, it's been crazy. It's been good, and I've had, like, the love of my life. I love my kids. You know, like, I love my friends. I love where I'm at right now. And so I don't have that fear of, you know, tomorrow or whenever it going to happen. Like, I'm I'm good with that. Now, my only concern is is for my family. Mm -hmm. But the more we talk about things the more at ease they are. Absolutely. And that's all you can do. Yep. And I'm so grateful. My kids are 16 and 14 and I'm so grateful that we can have these conversations. Like they're fully aware and red pilled and you know, they, they never once thought I was a nutbag and you know, they always just sought more because I think when we're, when we get fed the truth and we know that it's the truth, we want more of it. And so they would come home after school and say, mom, this is what the teacher said. Is that right? And they're asking me like, was my teacher correct? And you know, we, we have great conversations about, uh, uh, no, they're kind of drinking the the Kool-Aid and I will tell them exactly like what's going on so that they're right. aware and they know they don't go out there and shout from the rooftops that they're Trump supporters or that their parents are Trump supporters because kids are real mean about that. Right. Um, but they just watch and they'll come home and they'll say, mom, I think my teacher's a Trump supporter because they said this. And it's right. so cute because it's almost like they're incognito trying to find others like them. But it, they are so aware of the truth now that they almost feel a little bit alone because the right. kids are so susceptible and influenced to that left side. Right. And my kids are not, man. Like I told them, I had another conversation with them today about, have you seen this magnet challenge or the yeah. where they're sticking magnets on the vaccine yeah. site? And I was yep. telling them about it. And there was actually a guy who was triggering Bluetooth. He was walking past his smart TV and the Bluetooth turned on when he walked past and it said, do you want to connect to AstraZeneca right now? 
And it was like, are you kidding? I'm sure hoping that that wasn't a farce, that somebody didn't just make that shit up because. Uh, no, I don't. And thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no thanks, but creepy. But yeah, I mean, I just, I couldn't even believe it. Those are the graphene particle, nanoparticles that they're shooting right. at people. So I told my kids, I'm like, now do you see why taking elderberry syrup is not that bad? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, yep. but did you die? <laughs> Oh, so yeah, they're, they're, um, definitely riding this wave and, and I'm grateful for that because at my age now for me to be getting a lot of this now, they're getting it at such an earlier age. They're going to be so much more well-equipped. Their generation is going to be probably one of the most powerful if we do it right. And if we right. set the right example for them. And I think that that's coming. I think a lot of us that are, um, uh, let's say patriots. I mean, we're really kind of setting up that next generation to not take it anymore and to really like stand for the values and what we believe in and, you know, not just become doormats to it. So, and you know, that's a hundred percent right. Because think about, um, like, you know, like our parents, our grandparent generation and how much different they were from mm-hmm. like the <laughs> I'm gonna say the young generation of right now, like the 20 yeah. year olds or what, <laughs> whatnot, and you're like, oh man, and you think all hope is gone, mm-hmm. and then you see, and that's why I said before, like maybe we are like the gate gatekeepers of information, and we are the ones that are going to. Um, instill that information in our children yep. and into our children's children. And so uh, they're not going to be able to lie anymore in the future. And I wholeheartedly believe that. Yep. Like the media is going to be destroyed and people yes. may think that's nuts, but I have that feeling. I have that sense. And I have such a positivity about me. Like, Everybody's always like, are we going to be okay? And I'm like, yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, because I I feel it in my bones. And I'm like, yes. And some people will give up because they give up when anything gets a little hard. Yeah. Now, me, I am a warrior. And I know I'm a warrior. I have been through so much stuff in my life. And I'm still able to remain positive. And I know that's what my position is because I won't bend. I won't Mm -hmm. break and you can't sway me. Like I, it doesn't matter like what you say, like it's not going to detour me from what I know I'm supposed to be doing. Yep. And I, I a hundred percent fight for truth no matter what. And I have been known to argue people to the point where they're like, just stop, like quit dying on every hill. And I'm like, but this is important because you're wrong, you know? (laughs) Um, but I'm a little bit of a Joan of Arc that way, you know, same thing. Like I'm a warrior, but I'm, I fight for integrity and what's right. And I don't care if it's going to cost my life. I actually told my family that last year, I said, you guys just better believe it. If it comes down to me having to choose between my faith or, you you know, take the vax, don't take it. I'm, I'm out. And, and I, I said, don't, don't think I'm just giving you lip service right now. And I think they knew that I was really serious about it because, um, 
oftentimes I needed to give them a break because that's all I talk about, you know? And that's why I love this community too, because I feel like I have people to talk to that so I can give my family a break. Um, And my husband and I are, for the most part, are on the same page, but sometimes he's like, ah, God, just shut up for a minute, you know? I'm like, I need to find my people and I need to talk to them because that's all I want to do. And when you have supernatural energy for something like that, exactly, then that's what you're meant to do. And Um, you know, I don't know exactly what my role is necessarily, but I sure love talking and teaching and writing. Yeah, it'll, it'll become clear because, um, like I have the ability to teach. I have taught, um, but I can, I can teach things in a way that people are like, Oh, I never thought of that before. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh my God, that makes total sense. Um, I can talk. I don't have a problem with that. Hello. <laughs> Never met a yep. stranger in my life. <laughs> right. Exactly. And you know, another thing that I really, I really feel called to do is heal the sick. Yeah, um, me too. And, and it's always so big. Like when somebody comes to me, I, and I've prayed about that before. And I've said, just bring me the sick, whoever you want me to heal, whoever you want me, however you want to use me in that way, mm-hmm. then, you know, bring them to me and I'll be obedient to it. Like, I'll just, I'll tell them what I know. But, and I've had that a couple times, like I shared about the woman that had the uh, mass on her liver and mm-hmm. she was the first person. I knew nothing. Talk about being in a humble state and just, you know, having somebody come to you, you, you know, you hear that voice in your ear, like tell her about this and, And, um, it's like that to me is a calling. And I just, every time I feel like this heavy, heavy weight, like, oh my gosh, this is a heavy thing that you're calling me to do right now. So I feel the humility. It's almost like a heavy cloak on me, on my shoulders. And yet I love it. Like if I can help somebody gain health, vitality, a little bit more life, even if, if it's for a couple of years, then you better believe that's what I'm going to do. And if I don't do anything but set them free a little bit with the truth, then, um, you know, that is my goal. And one of my favorite scriptures is when Peter was walking past a blind man and it said his shadow healed him. And to me, that means his energy or his, um, his field that right. he, he was so high vibing that he was healing people just by walking past them. And right. then, you know, he turned around and, and the guy was like thanking him and he said, well, silver and gold have I none, but what I do have, I give freely. And that's just, that's something I've always aspired to be is just somebody who can vibe so high that even like being in, and I don't, I hate to say it this way, but like in my presence, people feel lifted and they feel the depression leave, the anxiety leave, they feel better. I mean, that's, that's kind of how to the level that I want to get and to be in service of others, you know? is really just help them find their answer, whatever that looks like. Yeah. And I think um, there's so many more people out there that like uh, have a calling, have a gift that they don't know. Like you said earlier, they don't know that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, be very open. If you're listening, be very open to that. <clears throat> Listen closely. Like, um, you know, think on that, uh, pray on that. If you're religious, uh, or if you're spiritual, pray on that. And that will be revealed to you, like what you're supposed to be doing, like Mm -hmm. what your gift is. Because I have many, 
and I'm very blessed. Yep. But I will tell you as me, I will always, always, always stay humble. You will never, ever see me get a big head. You will never see me be boastful or prideful in that way. The only pride I have is the pride in knowing that I'm doing the work I'm supposed to be doing. Yep. Um, so if you take it for conceit, I'm sorry, um, but that's on you. Well, and that's an emotional block, honestly, yeah. and those can be removed. Um, and and that's a very easy process too, because emotions are vibrations of pure energy and every emotion has its own unique vibrational frequency, just like our organs do, but they can cause right. us to block trauma, block PTSD. And, you know, you don't have to relive that on somebody's couch. You don't have to go back and talk about it anymore. You can set it down like the baggage that it is and walk away from it. And there's techniques to help you through that too. That's another thing that I focus on as a naturopath and getting people freed from that first, you will see the physical maladies clear up quickly um, just because of those blocks. And it's, it's all based on, you know, the energy centers in the body. Um, they're, you know, they're not all, uh, they're, they're, there's a way that they can be bad. So there's like a false pattern to it, but then there's a true pattern to how we were really created with what, what we know to be chakras, but they're energy lines that run through the body. And there can be a stagnant or a blocked energy line that once that comes out, you will not believe how fast your life will change and the things that you can do as a result of it. And it, it's a simple thing. It's a very simple thing. And it actually involves a magnet. Right. <laughs> I mean, it, that helps pull that out, that energy out, because that's what it is. It's a vibrational frequency. We can get that extracted out of the body so that you can move forward in a positive and progressive way and start to like think critically and get rid of the crap that's, you know, the lies that, that we're trapped in. Yep. And I 100% agree with that. Everything that you said, um, it's all about healing. Uh, your chakras, your energy points throughout your body, making your body work in harmony, making your mind work in harmony. Because when you get everything in balance, your life is in balance, your spiritual health health is better, uh, your overall well-being is better. Uh, Whether it be mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, whatever the case may be, it's all going to fall in line. So Miss Shannon, it was a pleasure having you back for part two this evening. We could literally do like a 24 hour day show <laughs> <A> series. <laughs> yeah, we, we could because yeah, it's just that much information and that easy of a conversation. Um, that is how you know you have two people in the same place that are meant to be in that place yes. at that time. Thank you so much for having me. I It was truly my honor. I enjoy every single second. So tell everybody again where they can find you at. I'm at Creative Light 16. So at Creative Light 16 on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Fantastic. 
And Miss Shannon, I love you. I adore you. I love your energy. I love your positivity. I love what you're doing for people. Keep doing what you're doing because it is God's work. Uh, If you don't believe in God, it's spiritual work of Mm -hmm. the good nature. So, you know. Thank you, Um, thank you, thank you. And we will do more stuff in the future. Be looking out for us in the future because we got more things coming. There's a lot here. There's a lot of power and knowledge we got here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so there's more things to come on the horizon. We will let you know. But for me and for Shannon, thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next time.